Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Apples and Genos Fantasy Hockey Podcast. My name is Nate Nibblink, and I will be your host. Today, I'm going to give you my takeaways from the two San Jose-Nashville games that we've seen so far, and I'm going to detail some waiver wire thoughts for the upcoming week as well. Before we get into all that, I do want to invite you to join the Apples and Genos Discord server. It's a link in the show description. You can join in the community there. There's 450 other fantasy hockey managers all talking strategy and ads and drops and trades and anything else you can think of. So join in there, totally free, and join the conversation with us there. Now, let's get into these teams. The first team I want to talk about is the San Jose Sharks here. Um, so obviously the top two lines that we have here were Meyer, Hurdle, and Kunin, and then the Couture-LeBanc line, and Steven Lorenz got up on that line in the second game here. And it's interesting, Kunin did some scoring uh, between these two games, but it was LeBanc who was the most interesting to me. He played 18 and a half minutes per night between the two games and fired 14.5 shots per 60 with a 17.75 individual scoring chances for per 60. He was on the top power play in the game uh, today. I'm recording this here on Saturday. Uh, so Kevin LeBanc is actually a guy that I picked up as a streamer for these first two games of the season, but now I'm seriously considering holding him just given the uh, real shot volume that he showed and also obviously getting onto that top power play unit there in San Jose. Luke Kunin did get the results, so I do kind of expect that he'll stick around with Timo Meyer and Thomas Hurdle on the top line, and he'll obviously get plenty of chances as a result of that. As long as he's on that line, he's going to be viable as a streamer. Uh, but I don't know if I'm as excited about Kunin, just 6.4 shots per 60. Um, and a solid 9.6 individual scoring chances for per 60 uh, through these first two games. He did average uh, about the same amount of ice time as LeBanc, up around 18 and a half minutes, uh, but obviously not getting that top power play time in that game today. So a little bit more excited about LeBanc moving forward, but definitely it looks like there could be some streamer value for us here in San Jose. Over on the Nashville side, uh, you do have two guys who are kind of typical streamers on the Nashville side, both guys currently in the 30% range for rostered value on Yahoo, and that's Ryan Johansson and Mikhail Granlund. So Granlund skated 19 and a half minutes on average between the two games, and Johansson was down at just 15 minutes. So a huge disparity in favor of Granlund just in terms of average time on ice. Granlund was also centering Duchesne and Forsberg on the top line, so Obviously, that's better deployment as well, so clear edge to Grandland here uh, in the early going at least. I'd also be remiss if I didn't talk about Nito Niederreiter scoring three goals across these two games. He did that in just 14 and a half minutes average time on ice. Uh, pretty impressive stuff, uh, but the underlying stats were not terrific. Uh, 6.24 shots per 60 and also 6.24 individual scoring chances for per 60. It feels a little bit like this is a patented Nino Niederreiter two-game stretch where he goes off and everybody rushes to the waiver wire to pick him up and then he disappoints us once again. Outside of that, I don't really know what more fantasy advice I can offer just from these two games. Ely Tolvanen had a highlight reel bar down goal, um, but he's getting under 14 minutes average time on ice once again. 
even then the shots per 60 here are not too exciting just under 6.5 Tolvanen is kind of a guy who has a highlight reel shot but he doesn't shoot a whole lot and he doesn't play a whole lot so he ends up just not being as valuable for fantasy as we'd like so from here I'm going to transition over and talk about the waiver wire ads that you might be looking to make for the upcoming week, kind of the first full week of the season that we've got upcoming. Now this episode is uh, I guess a promotion of sorts for the Patreon where I do provide a waiver wire article with rankings uh, for your ads for the upcoming week every single week of the season. I also provide my analysis on why I came to the rankings that I did and a more in-depth look at the overall strategy you can apply to each week. And that's kind of what I'm going to be doing here in this particular uh, podcast episode. So if you go to www.patreon.com slash applesgenos, which is also linked in the show description, you can view these rankings uh, for the upcoming week, which I've released as of now. And beyond this week, obviously, everything is going to be for patron members only. Um, but basically, what I wanted to do is to make the first week available to everyone so they can see uh, basically what these Patreon members are getting, uh, get that rankings article, and also get my analysis here on this podcast. So what I'll be doing for Patreon members moving forward is providing that article, which is basically the rankings themselves, and then also providing either a subsequent article or a podcast, um, basically detailing all of my analysis on that. The other main thing that subscribing to the Patreon gets you is guaranteed answers to all of your fantasy hockey questions uh, via the Discord channel that I've set up for Patreon members. And also if you go up to the second tier, the $10 tier rather than just the standard $5 tier, then you can also get monthly team reviews as well where I'll personally go over your team with you either by a Zoom call or we can do it over uh, chat or DM function, whatever is easiest for you. But I go over your team and give you uh, trade targets, give you what you should do from the waiver wire, where your team's lacking, where it's doing well, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, I do that once every month for Patreon members that are in that $10 tier. So yeah, I basically after this episode is done, or during if you'd like, I'd encourage you to head over there, check out the rankings list. If you like the list and the analysis that I'll be providing here in this episode, then uh, please do consider subscribing to the Patreon. Alright, so let's get into the analysis. Let's first talk about the teams with bad schedules that you want to avoid. Uh, so we've got St. Louis, which only has one game played next week, and that's on the extremely heavy Saturday night. So you're not going to want to pick up anybody from St. Louis. Winnipeg only has one game played, but it is on an off night on the Friday, so there is some value to um, their players, I guess, if you're just looking for a one-game stream. There are 12 teams that have Thursday and Saturday games only. Both of those are heavy nights where most of the league is playing. So you'll probably want to avoid those teams as well. Now obviously there are some teams with good schedules as well. The best is the New York Rangers. They have three games played including two off nights and they crucially do not play on that extremely heavy Saturday night. So they're the best schedule pretty much by far. Then you have Columbus, Montreal, and Tampa. They all have three games played and two off nights as well, but they do play on the Saturday. Then you have Los Angeles, Boston, and Vegas. Three games played, only one game off. And you also have Carolina with two off night games. 
So basically, all the players that I'll be talking about come from these teams with the good schedules, and I'll just dive right into my rankings list here. Uh, so basically, I split this up every week. I do uh, a list of players that I'd be looking to uh, pick up for point production. I also give a list of players that I'd be looking to pick up for hits, another list for blocks, and then finally a list of players that I'd be looking at as more of long-term hold options, players that you'd want to pick up to just basically see what they'll do for you long-term, see if they can develop into uh, something more than just a, a use-for-a-week-and-discard kind of streamer. So we'll start with the point production list. There are 10 players on the list, all rostered 50% or under on Yahoo. Number one, we have Boone Jenner. Number two, Jakub Voracek. Number three, Kapo Kako. Number four, Alex Kalorn. Number five, Brendan Gallagher. Number six, Victor Arvidsson. Number seven, Andre Kasha. Number eight, Riley Smith. Number nine, Adam Bokvist. And number 10, Jake DeBrusque. So at the top here, I have Boone Jenner and Jakub Voracek. Boone Jenner, 43% rostered on Yahoo. Voracek, 38%. Uh, Columbus obviously has one of the better schedules. As I mentioned, uh, three games played, two off nights. So they're definitely going to make it into your lineup for at least those two off nights. And Jenner, top line, uh, pretty much all preseason, he's been centering uh, Goudreau and Line A. So obviously that's prime deployment. I did see that remarkably it seemed like he came off the top power play and they were using Justin Danforth I guess on the top power play uh, I would assume that's going to be a bit of a blip in the radar in the grand scheme of things but definitely worth monitoring still I have Jenner at the top of the list here and Voracek on that second line um, but also on the top power play in Columbus so he gets the second billing here Kapokako uh, is basically a bet on who I assume will end up on the top line with Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad in uh, New York. And the Rangers have that really terrific schedule where I'd anticipate that you're going to be able to get Kako into your lineup for all three nights. Uh, so that's why Kako kind of gets the edge here, even though his situation is a little more uh, unstable. He's not even on the top power play as of now. So even though that situation is a little more unstable, the fact that you can probably get that extra game out of him is why he ranks this highly for me. Next up, I had Alex Kalorn. He kind of fits into this next tier that I have with him. Uh, I guess you would call it Brendan Gallagher, Victor Arvidsson as this kind of next tier. Alex Kalorn, I think uh, everybody knows uh, Alex Kalorn's deal. Um, pretty long-standing producer in Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay in that same tier as the Montreal Canadiens, uh, which gives you Brennan Gallagher. Gallagher has been pretty much a fixture on the top power play unit from what I've seen, uh, and also on the second line. So I do think Gallagher is going to get a fair bit of run there this year, and I do think he'll be able to bounce back from last year. So Gallagher and Kalorn fit into this. Victor Arvidsson at 23%. This is a guy uh, that I do think you're going to want to give some priority to, even though his schedule isn't quite as good as uh, Kalorn and Gallagher. He kind of fits into this tier for me just because I think his ceiling is a lot higher, especially in leagues um, 
categories leagues where you have shots as a category Arvidsson is a terrific shooter and he's going to get lots of time he already has the built-in chemistry you know from last year on the Los Angeles Kings second line so I really think Arvidsson is going to be a guy whose uh, roster ship percentage really shoots up and I think this is probably one of those rare times just because of the injury he's been dealing with that you can pick him up it seems like he's going to be a go he shed the non-contact sweater this week he's been taking full contact practice this seems like he's going to be a go for the start of the season which is really great for him next up was Andre Kasha this is an interesting one Kasha has actually been on the top power play unit over Andre Svechnikov um, and it seems like that's pretty much the way it's going to open for the Carolina Hurricanes the Hurricanes have those two off night games so you'll definitely be able to fit Kasha in so take a look at your lineup if you're not going to be able to fit in uh, one of these other guys above Kasha because of the Thursday night uh, heavier night then definitely Kasha could rise even higher up this list um, but for now I think he fits in this range he's 0% rostered on Yahoo so I think you can probably pick him up if you want to um, but definitely interesting as long as he's going to be on that top power play unit Next up was Riley Smith. Smith has been skating on the top line with Eichel and Marcheseau. Obviously, you want anybody who's going to be on the Eichel line. Eichel is going to be the guy who drives the bus in Vegas from now on, and whoever's on his line is going to be the guy you want to roster and pick up for the week. So Riley Smith currently looking like he's going to get that deployment for the upcoming week, so he makes the list here. Uh, next up, the only defenseman I, that made it onto this list, Adam Boakvist, second power play unit in Columbus. I do think Columbus is going to take a little bit of a step as an offensive team this year, especially if some of their young guns can step up. You've heard me talk a lot about Cole Sillinger on this podcast and how I think he could be in line to step up and uh, kind of take the reins as one of their better secondary offensive talents behind Goudreau and Line. So I think Boakvist could be a guy who uh, takes advantage of that, definitely a talented offensive defenseman so Boakvist someone that I wouldn't mind rostering with Columbus's good schedule this week and lastly I have Jake DeBrusque who is currently on the top line with Patrice Bergeron uh, he's been there before he's done it before produced there before uh, obviously you don't have Brad Marchand on the other side so it's a little bit of a downgrade but still I think DeBrusque as the 10th player on this list fits right in Flipping over to hits, this is a little bit interesting because hits data is a little bit harder to come by um, and obviously a lot of the players who do a lot of hitting are more of the third and fourth liner guys so you're a little bit worried that they might even drop out of the lineup for a game here or there if the coach is dissatisfied with what they're bringing to the table. That being said, uh, the list that I have goes Ryan Reeves, Ryan Carpenter, Sammy Blay, Sean Corrali, and Andrew Peake. Uh, all these guys, I think, are going to be well worth the price of acquisition. Obviously, Reeves, Carpenter, and Blay all from the Rangers, who have that terrific schedule, and I'm anticipating you're going to get all three games from them. Corrali and Peak from Columbus, who have three games played and two off nights, but do play on the Saturday. Um, Peak, the only defenseman on this list. Uh, if you need a defenseman uh, from the uh, Rangers, then you can look at Keandre Miller if he's available in your league as well. Moving over to blocks, top spot I gave to Ryan Lindgren, second spot to Andrew Peak, third David Savard, fourth Alec Martinez, and fifth Braden McNabb. 
Uh, Lindgren, obviously, on the Rangers, very good blocking defenseman. Peak and Savard in that kind of second tier of schedule with three games played, two off nights. Uh, both very similar um, blocking machines, um, but just a slight schedule downgrade from Lindgren, so that's why they're kind of in a second tier for me. And then Alec Martinez, who's probably the best or one of the top three anyway blocking uh, defensemen in the league for fantasy uh, but Vegas's schedule again a little bit worse than the guys above him on this list so he gets knocked down to fourth spot and then you have Braden McNabb who has been doing this for a while for us in the fantasy community hits and blocks and all that also on Vegas obviously and he'll provide some of that as well and lastly, we have the long-term plays, guys, you can pick up and hold for a bit, hopefully, and see what they do for you. Uh, split this up into forwards, defense, and goalies. So we'll start with the forwards. Top five I have here, Matty Beniers, rostered in 47% of Yahoo Leagues. Boone Jenner again, 43%. Logan Couture, 37%. Jeff Skinner, 36%. And again, Victor Arvidsson at 23%. Um, this is really just about upside, right? These are guys that you want to take and uh, hopefully hang on to for the full season. Um, Beniers looks like he's going to get uh, a lot of run in Seattle. We'll see if he's able to fulfill all that potential that he has. Obviously a second overall pick, so a lot of expectation there, but we'll see what he's able to do in Seattle. Boone Jenner I've already talked about, and Arvidsson I've already talked about as well. So we'll talk about Couture. I think Couture is just kind of getting that uh, veteran discount where everybody uh, kind of feels like there's no way he can be more than he has been in the past. Uh, actually, I think he's been a little unlucky in recent years, so he could have a little bit of a bounce-back season here and surprise some people, and uh, definitely should be rostered in more than 37% of leagues. Jeff Skinner, uh, 36%. Uh, I think this guy's a guaranteed 30-goal scorer unless something goes horribly wrong in Buffalo this year. So definitely Jeff Skinner, someone that I'd pick up and hold. Uh, I also have a couple other players. Uh, I have a sub-20% rostered player. That'd be David Krejci at 14%. I think Krejci and Pasternak are going to be on a line for most of the year, and I think they're going to do really well together. I've talked about how I think David Pasternak is in line for a bounce-back year as well, and so Krejci could be a beneficiary there. And sub-10%, I have Jesse Puglio-Yarvi at 8% rostered. I think Puglio-Yarvi... Um, you know, I've talked about him before. He's a guy who generates a lot of chances, hasn't really been able to turn all those chance generation stats into actual goals and assists. So uh, it's a little bit of a bet on that, but definitely one I'd be willing to make on a team like the Oilers, where obviously you've got Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, and they're just going to kind of drag along everyone else with them. Flipping over to the defense for long-term plays. Number one, I have Shane Gossespierre, 37% rostered. Number two, Kalen Addison, 10%. Number three, Matt Dumba, 46%. Number four, Mark Giordano, 29%. Number five, Ryan Pulak, 27%. Uh, Gostas Bear, uh, the only reason I can think of that he's down at 37% is people playing in plus-minus leagues. Uh, so that's fair. If it's a plus-minus league that you're in, you may not want to deal with Shane Gostas Bear. Uh, if it is a plus-minus league, then you could look over to Kalen Addison, who looks to be getting uh, the first crack at the top power play unit in Minnesota. So obviously getting some sweet uh, Kaprizov exposure there. Uh, it'd be really interesting to see if Addison can hang on to that. And definitely definitely worth a pickup in case he turns out to be this year's version of Mo Sider from last year. 
On the same team, you have Matt Dumba. Dumba is a guy who will score some goals. He'll throw some hits. He kind of does a little bit of everything. And so he ends up being a valuable kind of back end of your roster player. Uh, I don't think he's got a huge ceiling here. Obviously, you see them giving Addison a crack at the top power play over Dumba. So I don't think Dumba is ever going to get back to, you know, 50 plus point paces. But I do think Dumba is a plenty valuable player in his own right, especially in leagues that count all those peripheral stats. Mark Giordano, I think, is going to get the second power play unit work in Toronto. And Toronto is just a team that's going to score a lot, and Giordano is going to be on the ice a lot. So I think Giordano, a safe play for 40-plus points and should probably be rostered in more than 29% of leagues. And lastly, Ryan Pulak on this list. Uh, Pulak is a guy, especially in like bangers-cats leagues, obviously. He hits and he blocks and he shoots a lot. Um, Definitely think he's a guy who fills a lot of categories. Again, not the most exciting uh, true upside here, but Pulak definitely will fill some categories for you and definitely uh, give you that floor. Uh, So for sub-20% rostered defenseman, again, it's Kalen Addison at 10% here. Definitely got to get Addison on your teams just to see where it goes with him. Um, It might be nothing. We might never talk about him again after the first week of the season here. But on the off chance that he really hits and that Minnesota Wild power play really hits, we could be looking at a guy who you picked up for free and is... uh, basically a top 24 defenseman uh, in fantasy. So definitely, definitely get Kaelin Addison on your teams where you can. And for sub 10%, I'm still holding out hope for Mike Matheson over in Montreal, 7% rostered. Uh, I think it should be, in my opinion anyway, a matter of time before he takes over some power play duties there in Montreal. Um, In the meantime, he will provide you with some peripherals, so it's not like he's going to be a dead weight there regardless. But Mike Matheson is someone that I'm definitely interested to see where things could go in Montreal this year. And with the goalies, I've only got three goalies here for you. Obviously, a much more limited pool to choose from. Number one, Vitek Vanacek, 44%. Number two, Philip Grubauer, 28%. And number three, Eric Comrie at 7%. Vanacek seems like he's going to get the first crack at the net. Um, They obviously went out and got him, it appears, for that purpose this offseason. And the Devils are a lot of people's pick to be a much improved team this year. So Vanacek, I'd like to see where things go with the Devils and with him. I don't think Vanacek is really a top-tier talent at the position. Um, But if you know me, you know I'm always really just chasing um, value at goalie. And I do think Vanacek has, within his range of outcomes, a really solid kind of second goalie on your team kind of season where he gives you like a 910 to 915 save percentage and ends up taking over most of the New Jersey net for the year and just being a pretty solid uh, yeah kind of goalie number two on your team. Uh, Same could really be said for Philip Grubauer. I think last year was absolute rock bottom, but I do kind of subscribe to a theory that uh, some goalies take a year to get acclimated to a new system and Grubauer has been good maybe you should say good not great um, for a bunch of years not just that one year in Colorado that everybody talks about but he was uh, I would say good not great for a bunch of years before that so I do think there is a, a at least a bit of a bounce back coming Seattle looks like a much improved team this year so I think Grubauer's a plenty valuable player uh, to have on the back end of your goalie tandem and lastly Eric Comrie I think Eric Comrie should get uh, the net in Buffalo I think he should be able to beat out Craig Anderson. Um, 
really at 7% roster, this is a guy you pick up and you see how things go. If things go well, then you're glad you had him. And if things go poorly, then you just toss him aside and uh, find whoever the next guy is. So Eric Comrie also fitting into the category that I have for goalies as a sub 25% rostered play. So that's it for the rankings. Just a few more thoughts that I have about this week and some general strategy tips for it. There are really very few games this week. Uh, we don't have any games on the Monday. We don't have any games on the Sunday. So it's kind of a condensed week. Very few total games being played. So results from this week are going to be more random than usual. So I would consider saving an ad or two for Sunday and getting a head start on week two rather than really trying to maximize everything uh, this week it's going to be very difficult to maximize a lot of starts this week anyway and the results are going to be much more random because each individual games game played by every uh, player is going to have that much more weight when there's just not that many games being played overall so consider saving an ad or two for Sunday and just uh, allocating that towards the following week rather than uh, going all out on this week in a week that's likely going to be pretty random regardless if you are going hard this week, maybe you uh, got a good start from your Nashville or San Jose players and you think you got a good chance to lock up a W if you really go hard on your streaming this week, I would say you could get a Tuesday stream. So those teams playing on Tuesday are Los Angeles, New York Rangers, Tampa Bay, and Vegas. Then you could flip that player into a Wednesday to Thursday back-to-back -back team. There are five of those teams, Chicago, Colorado, Seattle, Toronto, Washington, and then cap it all off with a Friday stream. Uh, those teams are Carolina, Columbus, Detroit, Montreal, Rangers again, San Jose, Tampa Bay, and Winnipeg. So you could do uh, a stream that way where you end up getting four games. You should be able to fit most of those, um, those games into your lineup. Uh, Thursday would be the only heavy, heavy night there. So just a thought for you if you do end up going hard on this week and really trying to pull out a w in week one you could look at doing that where you grab a team a uh, player from a team that's playing on tuesday flip over into another team that's going wednesday thursday and lastly uh, going into a team that's playing on friday and obviously if you have just one a streaming spot that's three ads that you've used for one streaming spot that's not that bad and then you still have one ad left over to maybe look ahead to week two uh, if that's what you need so hopefully this was a good promotion for the patreon hopefully i provided you with something some food for thought some players to think about for the upcoming week but that's going to be all i've got for this episode hopefully it brought you some value hoped you get a little bit better at fantasy hockey today many thanks again to the band there there for supplying the music for this podcast be sure to check out their spotify as well and that's it folks much love mm -hmm.